All right, this is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> All right, happy uh, February, and uh, we have a fantastic guest, Stephen McLeod. How are you doing, Stephen? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Stephen is a actor, a singer. I don't know if you're a creative. Have you ever uh, written anything or done anything like that? I've done some uh, short um, short playwriting in the past, but I get terrible writing blocks. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, you're fantastic. You and I were on That's the stage. Nice we sh- we uh, shared the stage where um, we did Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. Oh. Where Sheila Viramontes, and we've had her on with her sister. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you remember her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She won a Shelly for her work on Women on the Verge, which is fantastic. So uh, shout-outs to Town Hall Theater and, uh, you know, employing folks. And uh, I think you are – your next show, will that be on Town Hall, or are you just auditioning for another – Town no, it yeah. My next show will be at Town Hall. It's going to be Violet the Musical. Right on. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Violet, Violet the Musical. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got to figure out what it's all about. But um, no, it'll be fantastic. And for folks who don't know, you have a fantastic range. I think you are a tenor, first uh, tenor, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. <coughs> I mean, you can hit notes that you know just forget about it. That mm. show was a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a challenging. And as I begin every week, how was your week, Norman? <laughs> It's, you know, it's still it's still this dry period of, I don't think I even had any auditions this week. I'm just like, mm. hello, hire me, please, somebody, somebody hire me. But um, we got a late start today here because I went to this bat mitzvah, mm-hmm. bat mitzvah, yeah. um, for a woman I know. Can't say a young woman, she's younger than me, but I think she's in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Miriam, is, un- which is unusual for a bat mitzvah, right? Well, so here's the weird. She's heard, I was saying as we were walking back up, her journey is a little unique, more than a little unique. We are both Hoosiers. We're both from Indiana. Oh, wow. She, as a young woman, <coughs> ended up in Mexico <coughs> and raised her son in Mexico. They moved back, I think, when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. They moved here. Yeah. And um, so they've been here ever since. I guess five years ago, she got hired at this temple. Hmm. And um, so she's been there five years, and she decided that, you know, she's serious about her faith. And Mm -hmm. so she bought mitzvah, which, if you don't know anything about it, there's a whole, it's basically a regular service. um, It's like a female version of a bar mitzvah, It's a female version of a bar mitzvah. Um, I didn't know that age wasn't a factor in it. It isn't. But for the person doing it, you have to memorize a portion of the Torah and if you don't know, if you've never been to synagogue, <laughs> the service, and I've been a few times, the service is a lot of singing. Like most of it is sung. Mm. So you're standing there <coughs> trying to sing along with people in Hebrew. It's, it's oh fascinating. <laughs> um, but it's always terrifying for the folks that are going through the ritual because they have to have their little portion memorized. Well, she's a singer. So it actually, she sang throughout the whole service beautifully. Oh. And when she got to her part, it was beautiful. And I was like, okay, I got to go. I got to go. I got to pack yesterday. So. <laughs> well, that, oh, no, that, well, that's, that's very, very nice. Oh, and then the other thing is uh, Dexter's birthday. Dexter's now an adult. 18, right? He is 18. Yeah. Um, Mara bought this amazing cake from, um, I think it's called a Touch of Danish or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's a place on Telegraph. It used to be Nettleman's or Needleman's. Yeah. Uh, Needleham, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, uh, <laughs> Old school, yeah. like bakery mm-hmm. with the weird cakes, 
But and this cake came and it looked all weird with like the chocolate <laughs> shavings all over it. Yeah. Really, really artistically done and um, edible paper that mm-hmm. said "Happy Birthday" on top, which was really neat. Mm. Like a little scroll on top, which was cute. Very, very um, cute. We cut into the cake. It's light and wonderful. Uh, the the cake was chocolate, but the uh, the um, icing wasn't really an icing. It was more of a I don't know, like cream? almost um, like frosting cream? cream. Like almost, uh, it wasn't frosting. I okay. mean, it was. It was like a whipped cream or something. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just really light. It stood up well. It tasted wonderful. The whole cake was wow. really good. And we ended up having, he's, I think I mentioned this last time, he uh-huh. had a party okay. with a bunch of his friends at the house <coughs> mm-hmm. on the Friday before for his actual birthday, which was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just us and Grandma. Yeah. And Mara pulls this cake out, and the poor boy had been, you know, Monday, Tuesday school. Mm-hmm. He got home. He gets home off, and he takes a long nap. Mm-hmm. And Mara's waking him up to come down and eat. So we ate, had a nice crab dinner, mm-hmm. and then she goes to get the cake, and he's just like out. <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep on our bed, and he is knocked out. We actually took a picture. Uh-huh. I, I posted it on Facebook. There's a picture. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was very cute. Um, it was neat to do that. So because of this big cake, she's like, you have to invite your friends over, which he has been mm-hmm. reticent to do, which they don't do. Young yeah. people just don't do that. They don't get, they don't congregate. Well, they do online. <laughs> they do online. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but he told friends. So we got to meet the not girlfriend and, um, the other girl, not his friend's girlfriend, Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, all these folks came by and had cake, yeah, including um, his good friend Neo's dad. I didn't know it was his dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I know is some guy pulls up and parks in front of the house, and I'm like, okay. And they were waiting for him. I was like, oh, okay, must be one of their friends showing up. He comes in. He looks a little bit older than them, but, you know, Neo's got a friggin' beard, so mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, start chatting. He's like, oh, you know, we've been living here a while. And I'm like, hmm? So when he left, I said, Mara, is that a friend? Like, they met online because they do have some adult friends that they've met online. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, gaming, and yeah. it seems fine. Yeah. One guy actually flew across the country to come visit during See, spring break. That would worry me a little bit as And parent. slept at different different of yeah. these friends' houses, and yeah. we were all like, what? Because the guy's <laughs> like 22. Okay. Oh, well. Okay. But still, it was like, you flew across the country? Yeah. Just cause? Yes, he did. So okay. I thought maybe it was that guy. And she's yeah. like, no, no, no. That's Neil's dad. <laughs> like, oh. Neil's dad looks like he's 28 at, okay. at the most. Well, not now I feel a little bit better. I mean, you know, I think about, you know, like, I don't have any kids. Do you have any kids, Brian? Mm-hmm. I'm no. Brian. I'm calling you Brian. <laughs> as, as if you're Brian. Steven. It is stuck in your <laughs> Because no, no. I had Brian Bonham on, who looks a lot like Steven. In any case, Steven, do you have any kids? No. no, no okay. I Are you a millennial? Do you consider yourself a millennial? I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, people who meet online. I remember the first time, not to get away from your story, no, no, but in 1996, and this mm-hmm. is back in the AOL days. Right, yeah. You know, hello, you've got mail. Oh, right, yes. So, in any case, I jump into a chat room, and I tell, you know, these folks, we're all in D.C. I'm in D.C. at the time. Hey, let's meet. Let's meet in person. We always in these chat rooms talking or whatever. Right. And it was the most awkward meeting. I mean, it's like these folks were like, I'd rather just type. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> They're all very insecure and all that sort of stuff. But, of course, that was 20-some-odd years ago, and now it's just a new generation. 
this online universe, and all of a sudden, you know, you get. I would be a little weird out if my son, right. you know, uh, brought in some dude. Oh, this is a friend of mine, and he's thirty-five years old. I'd right, be a little weird, weirded it, out. It's 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 strange, but it is normal for them. And most importantly, she has been bugging him for years mm-hmm. about inviting friends over, and he's been really resistant. But he's been doing it ever since last July, Fourth of July. We had a, a big picnic, mm-hmm. a picnic barbecue, and uh, he invited some friends over. I think ever since then, word has gone around that little group of friends at school, mm-hmm. and so we've become an okay place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're in danger of becoming party central, which we, he and I need to have a conversation well, about. Well, he's 18. He, I mean, you know, if this but he's falling be- in love with my room. The mm-hmm. only Uh-oh. room I have in the house, the only yeah. thing that is mine is the room downstairs, which we fixed up. Mm-hmm. They've decided that's the crash pad, and there's a futon, a fold-out futon <laughs> couch there. Yeah. Friends will stay over and sleep there mm-hmm. sometimes. So I'm like, I'm glad you're, you and your friends are comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you like hanging out. That's my room. Yeah. <laughs> now, is he going uh, – yeah, he, he doesn't know where, where he's going to college, right? So far, he's not being good about following up. Yeah. Um, so far, all he knows for sure is that he's been accepted at San Francisco State. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. San Jose is his number one. He mm-hmm. hasn't heard, and yeah. he's got in at three schools that he hasn't heard from. Okay. And because this would be a problem if he's in college here and he stays home, because then he'll bring his college friends in. Well, no, we're going to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because I, and I realized I had trouble thinking about how I would have the conversation. I realized, no, it's that simple. You have a room, mm-hmm. and there's the living room. Yeah. I don't have a room in the house. That's the only room I have yeah. in the house. So <laughs> I am not giving up my room. Willing to mm-hmm. have you and your friends in there occasionally. My room. Stephen, here's a question for you. Um, how big is your online life? Do you have a bigger online life than your regular life? <laughs> um, not necessarily. Like, mm. I'll, I'll post here and there. But, I mean, I usually mostly use social media for theater for like oh, you know, right? yeah. keeping yeah. in touch with <coughs> theater friends or so you don't join jump in chat rooms or you have like an online gaming you don't know typically streaming, I, that do, sort of stuff. I, I do play video games but no no not, not really not yeah. like that well that's cool that's cool that's it's good to balance it out um we can jump into current events yeah. so um, wow what a week the Iowa caucus boy that was just a disaster I mean it's been five days and still nothing you just think well I mean no, there's no, a no. virtual tie I, I think they are official mm-hmm. now. I think they're okay. officially reported. But they, but what are they going to do about what are they choosing? Because that's the thing. Apparently, when it gets to a certain point, they basically do the equivalent of a coin toss. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's literally a video floating <laughs> around of a guy doing a coin toss and calling for Pete Buttigieg. And yeah. it's like, wait a minute, coin, coin, democracy, coin toss? Yeah. Huh? yeah. It makes the Democrat Party look horrible. Just it bad. does. And, of course, Trump is just... Laughing just it throws the whole um, election into question yeah. now. All the people who wanted to say conspiracy mm-hmm. or that this isn't fair. Yeah. Well, this is being controlled by the Democratic National Committee, so yes. it's not the like the federal government mm-hmm. or whatever. I would feel more worried if it were that. But and it's gotta, Bernie's fault. It's partly Bernie's fault. You think because, so? Yeah, well, no. He asked for them to do the count the way they, and that's why they got oh, the app. They see. wanted to do this accurate reporting. And the app, of course, crashed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or and something. Because well, the company says our app worked the way the, they, they say the Iowa Democratic Caucus acknowledges that our app worked the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, what is the but? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. 
And, you know, if New Hampshire goes smoothly without yeah. any controversy, then maybe we'll forget about all this and we'll move on to Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll move on one way or the other. <coughs> yeah. It's a mess. Another thing of political stuff, usually we'll just tap in and then go into other uh, – mm-hmm. there's some current events that have nothing to do with politics. Oh, good. folks are like, ugh. But yeah, uh, Spartacus. Oh, Kirk Douglas. Oh, 103 God. years old. I've never seen the movie. Yeah. Neither <laughs> yeah. have I. But um, but I've heard the memes. Be, even before there were memes, I've heard the memes. Yeah. I am Spartacus. But I wanted to um, talk about Janaya. I think it's Janaya or Janaya Davis. Do you know who she is? No. She's the little girl who Trump touted at the State of the oh, Union. Oh, okay. Yes. So she's a girl in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who basically jumped as because of Trump and Betsy DeVos, jumped the line, and now she can enter private school based on a scholarship that Trump has given her. Right. And, you know, Trump wants to tout the Republican Party as being the party that will uplift black people and all that sort of stuff. And it really sort of infuriated uh-huh. me. Um, did you have any, I mean, thoughts or whatever about this? Because this is all the, we're, got, we're not going to fund public schools. We're going to give you vouchers. Choice. Yeah. That's the word they keep using. Yeah. And no, I was, um, I actually tried to get something started on Twitter because I was, mm-hmm. and, and it's the first time I really like <coughs> hoped that I could get something moving. Yeah, I'm like, could we, f- couldn't we raise the money to replace that scholarship so she can say no, I'm not taking it from you people? Couldn't we do? Yeah, but I mean, it's taking. I mean, and the Republicans have been known for this. I have no idea what affiliation you are, and and uh, Stephen. So I hope you're not. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'll ask you, you know, how, how you feel. But my little take is. Oh, you can speak up at any moment. If, if you know, like the Republican Party, they've done, known this. Like find a, find a black person right. who will take a little, you know, cookie or whatever. Right. And then say, oh, thank you so much. And yes. then we can they can uplift that and say, hey, see, we're doing something wonderful, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of basically saying, well, we're ignoring the public school system and we're ignoring uplifting everybody. We're going to, you know, do this to spit on the face. And poor Nancy Pelosi was crying. Did you – and ripping up the uh, I, Well, the I didn't see her cry, but I definitely – Well, I read about that she cried, yeah. She – I only saw – I couldn't watch it. Did you watch the State of the Union? No, I, I yeah, didn't. But I, I watched watch clips. It. And yeah. one of the clips I saw was when he was just being ridiculous. It was either the Rush Limbaugh thing or the, uh, the oh, returning soldier thing. thing. And – because the way the camera is set, there's Pence looking like a you know a, a, a dime store Indian cigar Indian, sure. and and then on the other side is Nancy, staring, <laughs> just, staring, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just staring at yeah. him. So Stephen, what do you think? I mean, are you optimistic about 2020? I mean, how do you feel about what's what's been going on? Um, I'm, I I want to be optimistic. Um, I definitely I'm all for getting Trump out of office. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a little worried that maybe the Democratic Party might not have it, might not be all together yeah, yeah. there in order to do that. Like yeah. That, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have a, um, a one candidate that, you know, sort of piques your interest or are you still on the fence? Um, I'm very, yeah. Um, I was a Bernie uh, fan. Bernie, okay. yeah, yeah. I was a Bernie fan last time and I, I'm kind of rooting for him now. But there's other, like, I'm interested in Pete. Um, Pete Pete Bl- Bl- yeah, uh-huh. Pete. Um, Elizabeth Warren. Buttigieg? Buttigieg? Um, Buttigieg? I, I don't yeah. know how yeah, yeah, yeah. to pronounce it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. And I keep on saying, okay, because I've got my ballot on, on, on the desk right here, yeah. absentee ballot. And I'm like, okay, I've got to start paying attention because right. I've been busy with other things. Right, and yeah, it's, like, it's okay, time. It's I've time. Got, yeah. At first I was all in for Kamala Harris, and now she's gone. So yeah. I've got to see. And that's the thing. You know, you think, you okay, I like that candidate. And it's like, uh-oh, that person's gone. Yeah. No, so that that happened is. to me <laughs> a few years ago with Kucinich. And I was like, Oh, Dennis no. Kucinich. He dropped him. out right before the California primary. And I was like, <clears throat> Yeah, I gotta yeah. vote for one of them other people. <laughs> but this year, I'm totally whoever. I'm, mm-hmm. Yes, one of you. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> make it yeah, even Bloomberg. Michael oh, Bloomberg. Please don't make me go Bloomberg. Rich oh, versus rich. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there are two other things, and it deals with sort of black issues. Um, have you heard of the term? I'm always because we're 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 getting old and long in the teeth, as they say. But uh, there's a new term out called ashy. You know what being ashy is? Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> you don't know about ashy? Well, I, I just found out. Holy Tell cow. Us. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, black people, because, because especially in less humid climes, yeah. our skin will get a sort of dusty. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's that's literal ashy. Yeah. I'm talking about oh, the slang magazine. ashy. No I, haven't, no, I haven't heard of slang ashy. Yeah. But I know about ashy. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, 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 I can like, do a little lotion myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, how could you be black in America and not know right. about Ashley? <laughs> no, it's when you talk bad about another black person. Oh, no. Trying to uplift yourself. Oh, so with uh, what's her name then? Uh, it's uh, uh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union and yes. Terry Crews. Oh, no, no, no. So Gabrielle Union, she was on Dancing with the Stars, oh, and she okay. was asked to let be let off of the show. She Basically, they fired her because her hair was too black, and she refused to you know, tighten mm-hmm. up her hair. Mm-hmm. And Terry Crews basically says, well, listen, I've been on Dancing with the Stars and everything's been wonderful, so I don't know what Gabrielle Union's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Gabrielle's like, whoa, you know, because Terry Crews himself talked about being sexually assaulted. Right, yes. By a producer. Yes. And Gabrielle Union came to his defense saying, hey, listen, you know, what sexual harassment goes on both sides. Right. And for Terry Crews to do that. So it's been out there that Terry Crews is oh, being ashy. ashy. Oh. So <laughs> there's the lewd lingo. We'll see. <laughs> I, I did learn a new word. Yo, what's uh, that? Vibe. Vibe. Oh, yeah. I know about, oh, I know about that. So, and the uh, vibe the verb. Yes. Because there is vibe the noun, too, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, vibe the verb when you vibe oh, so I'm with vibing somebody. Something. You vibe with someone. It means... You're not like boyfriend, girlfriend, for example. Okay. They just vibe with each other. Like, <laughs> they like each other, and they are actually having what we would call a yeah. relationship. Yeah. But we don't want to call it that, so they're just vibing yeah. with each other. <laughs> uh, but the other, but yeah. we learned the word in context of Dexter's Room, yeah. which apparently needs to vibe and does not currently vibe. <laughs> But a friend came over to see it, and he said, your room's nice. What are you talking about? I like your room. Yeah. Your room's vibing. Hmm. Like, okay, sure it is. <laughs> so it applies to a person and also an object or a place. Yes. Uh, well, okay. uh, it, and the core of it is, you know, that yeah. it, that it <coughs> vibrates with, that it resonates with. Yeah. Um, so a good vibe. Mm-hmm. And a good vibe is, that's the synonym for that would be chill. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's somebody who's in a positive state, but not like excited or yeah. overly animated. Just you know, vibing. Yeah. I'm vibing your room. I'm vibing yes. your room. Yeah, I got yes. it. I got it. So Dexter They're is <laughs> apparently vibing this girl. 
Yeah. And, and one can divide his And room. I think that's a byproduct <laughs> of the Me Too movement where boys don't want to put pressure on a girl. Right. Like, well, we're not going steady. You're not my girlfriend. We're just sort of vibing, right? And no, like, yeah, boys yeah. have wanted that forever. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the benefits, but we don't even have to call it friends with benefits. We're just vibing. <laughs> just a little vibe going yeah. on here. And one last thing. This is about Kobe. This is uh, Gail uh, That's King. who I thought you were talking right, about. Right, exactly. Gail King had a uh, interview with Lisa Leslie. And, of course, she wanted to get her what she thought about Kobe Bryant. But that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's when she had the interview. When he oh. died, she reposted it like the day of. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. And that's what she's gotten all this blowback for. Yeah. But even then, it's like, as many people have admitted, it's the first thing came to mind for me. Yeah. So you talk about, he's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. Didn't he rape that girl? Yeah. Yeah. And here's, Stephen, I'll ask you this before we go into our um, origin story to learn more about you. But is it okay to uplift a person but also point out their flaws? Or should we just sort of, and you know, to not desecrate the dead, to just, you know, whitewash everything? Well, I think it's very important to be very honest and, like, open about everything yeah. that they did. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can celebrate the great thing that they did, but you also have to acknowledge that they did, ter- you know, mm-hmm. terrible things too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think that should be swept under the rug. Right. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the Kobe of 2003 or 2004 is different from what he was in 2019 or just before he passed away. He did, even he himself admitted that he had to mature. Right. He's, well, and that's the thing that people who are rabid about this are saying is he has spent the, his time since then doing all this um, charitable work mm-hmm. and really trying to get the message out. He apologized mm-hmm. on and on and on. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I no, when you brought yeah. up the ashy, I thought, because that's what's been going on more than anybody mm-hmm. It's fans, but particularly black fans have just been after this woman. They're death threats, and yeah, you know, it it reminds me a lot of the uh, the Bill Cosby before. You know, more allegations came and before the trial. Even Cosby commented on it. Apparently, I didn't. I didn't look up the comment through his lawyer. I read about that. I I mean, what else are you going to do when you're in jail? Why would you run your mouth? You really. This is what we. You just need to talk about politics. Talk about anything else. Do not talk about rape. You. You. Yeah. And with that fun note, <laughs> Stephen McLeod. <laughs> um, let's get an origin story. How did you get involved in theater? Where were you born and raised? I was well, I was born in uh, San Jose. California. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, California native. Yeah. Um, and then I lived primarily, uh, grew up in Livermore, uh, okay. California. Um, I actually have to thank getting into theater thanks to my mom. Um, I was in uh, seventh grade, okay. middle school. Um, what are, do you have any siblings? I do. I have two younger siblings. Okay. Junior, yeah. One. So you're the oldest. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and there was a production of Grease going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she kind of – I was kind of doing nothing at the time. I was a bit of a – kind of a little lost in, you know, middle school. Didn't have mm-hmm. – I had just recently moved, so had trouble, transi- you know, kind of transitioning into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she kind of just there was like signups going on after school, and I remember her just kind of taking me. She's like, "You're gonna sign up for something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Sign up to at least, you know, at least if you're not gonna audition and perform, like, yeah. you know, sign up to be in, you know, backstage, you know." Yeah. And that's what I did. I try. I went up and I signed up to be part of the lighting crew. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I was a spotlight, spotlight operator for that. Yeah. Sure. And um, I made a lot of, you know friends who I'm still friends with today, you mm-hmm. know, cool. during that. Um, 
Um, and then just during the performance, I was, um, you know, watching everyone having such a great time perform. Yeah. It looked yeah. like it looked so much fun. Yeah. And yeah, the next year I auditioned and. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the show? What was your first show? My first show was um, High School Musical in oh. eighth grade. <laughs> well, of course, of course, yeah. Now, did you always sing? Um, you know, there are a lot of folks who started out in the church or let's say they did a glee club thing or whatever, but did you, always, did you sing when you were younger? Not really, no. Singing was something that I, uh, you know, eventually started, you know, doing it when I, I – at first I thought I would just do acting, mm-hmm. you know, just do plays and stuff. Yeah. When I did High School Musical, I was – didn't sing at all. Okay. Like you probably wouldn't want well. to hear me sing. <laughs> okay. Um, but things have changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I practiced a lot. Um, got a bit better. I mean, I still don't consider myself a fantastic singer. But Yeah. But no, no. I mean, I think, you know, like having worked with you on Women on the Verge, you clearly, you know, there are folks who really don't have an ear or, you know, they sort of can just carry a note or whatever. But, you know, you can manipulate yourself around. I mean, I consider yourself a very good com- comedic actor. And there are folks who can – What's basically saying they can si- they can sing and also be sort of comedic at the same time, mm-hmm. like I think uh, when we did um, Tangled Up, yeah, you know, and that little bit where you're you know you're you're lusting after Mara, and we had Mara on, and uh, she talked. Matter of fact, she had all sorts of praise for you as far as just you know the, mm-hmm. you two interacting, yeah. mm-hmm. but sort of the it's almost like you know Barney Fife who can sing. You know that was the character that you had, mm-hmm. and so it takes talent to do that. <laughs> It's ta- it's been a long journey <laughs> to get yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Did you go to college? Did you study theater? Yeah. Um. I actually um. I went to San Francisco State. And okay. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah I studied and I got my bachelor's in drama there. Right Ooh. on. I'm always interested in technique. Did you learn um the basics like Stanislavski or did it go into into any further stuff? Yeah, a, a little bit of that. Luckily, at San I'm Francisco State, your, your teachers were. <laughs> Um, I had uh, one of my um, uh, uh, favorite teachers, um, uh, Professor Muhammad. Um, he actually recently passed Kozar, away. Yeah, yeah, Kozar, yeah, yeah. He recently passed away recently, but yep. he was actually w- one of my favorite teachers. And then uh, Terry Barrero as mm. well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Both of my theater history and oh, writing teachers. Right. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So. But what type of techniques? I mean, did you learn about beats and objectives and that sort of stuff? Yeah, a lot. Okay. A lot of that. Um, actually, I learned um, even in my community college Las Vegas um, College in Livermore mm-hmm. oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I learned uh, a lot about uh, Uda Hagen and ah, there her, you te- go. Yeah, her technique uh, did you read uh, Respect for Acting well yeah. I mean, okay yeah there you go try to you know, <laughs> yeah. try to read a lot in college yeah, but it, it, it was tough in high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um, no very 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 cool because we always talk uh, about whether people learn more in college and they bring their techniques or do they learn more actually getting out there and doing it and just, you know, figuring out. What do, what do you think? I'm sorry. Say In other words, do, did you learn – do you bring your techniques from college onto the stage or have you learned more just actually getting out there auditioning? And doing it. Yeah. I mean, definitely both. I mean, definitely I've, I think um, San Francisco, my education in theater mm-hmm. definitely gave me a good, like, base mm-hmm. and a, a very um, – a good foundation to, like, you know – things to think about when I take on roles and sure, stuff. Sure, and, and But also just learning. I like to, you know, go see shows and just, like, watch people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, just, you know, getting inspired or, you know, learning from other, you know, sure. experienced actors. Is yeah. Um, do you feel more comfortable doing comedy or musicals, or have you done, like, serious theater dramas? Yeah, I've done uh, serious dramas and before – 
mostly I've done musicals recently. Okay, you know, that's yeah. been primarily, but you know, a lot of Bay Area theater is mostly <laughs> musicals too. But well, yeah, sure, yeah. And I'm noticing, I mean, uh, and I'll bring Norman in. It sounds like a lot of theater companies, uh, because I don't know, maybe that's what the public wants. I mean, mm-hmm. there's been a sort of a musical thing, like Disney is pumping out, you know, musicals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after they've done a movie or whatever. I mean, is that sort of the if you have the money to do it, is that sort of the business model to bring people in their seats, do you think? Well, it's just a, its own animal. I mean, that's my question to you would be more, when you go, especially for some of the newer stuff, is it, you know, how much of a study is that for you? Do you go and, like, learn the musical before you go into audition, or are you just kind of going and going, I'm curious, I want to do this? Um, well, with Violet the Musical at Town Hall, that was actually kind of how I had, I wasn't too familiar with the show. Mm-hmm. Um but I knew it was kind of a newer show and everything, and I've listened to some of the music, and the music is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, that was you know a show that I just kind of auditioned and got in. Mm-hmm. But um, there's other shows and stuff in the past where, if I were like really really passionate about a show, I'll definitely like look into it and uh-huh. research it and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, where do you, where do you see yourself? Do you want to? Um, do you want to be an equity actor? Are you thinking money-wise, or are you just having fun doing theater? But, but do What's you the next step? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I actually really want to get into directing. So Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I just recently directed a little bit in college, you know, so short, like, one-act plays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, last, um, actually, recently at Town Hall, yeah. um, they had a Young Playwrights Festival where we took um, several um, plays from students in uh, in the area yeah and uh, we put on their work and um you know staged it we got to cast our own mm-hmm. act, you know professional actors and designers and stuff and mm. you know put this put their work so they can see mm-hmm. their work on stage mm-hmm. wow that is really nice i'm glad that susan's doing that i think she started cool. that at the uh, the douglas morrison when she was there oh really uh-huh. to try to boost young talent um mm-hmm. yeah. you know as directing getting into directing number one i don't know if you can how you market yourself as a director. That's something Deb Carriker talked about, where she studied directing but finding a job because you can always right. do an audition as an actor. Yeah. Right. But how but do you audition you yourself right. as a director? You don't director. really audition yeah. as a director. I don't either. think I've, ever, I've never asked you this, Norman. How did you get your start as a director as far as getting hired and all that stuff? I came at it more from the producing side. Okay. You know, I was working with, first it was with the African American Shakespeare Company mm-hmm. and putting things together. And then when I put my own company together, Oakland Public Theater, mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I put it together, um, initially we were going to had hired a, a director came to me with a play that he wanted to do. I liked the play and I respected him. So we said we were going to do it, and mm-hmm. then we got into a whole mess around the world premiere of this play, and ended up getting it postponed for a year or more. Mm. Um, but we had already made a commitment to a. I'd already put down a deposit on a space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm putting up a show. Oh, what am I going to do? So I ended up directing a one act mm-hmm. and um, and hiring three solo performers, and we did two per night, mm-hmm. um, just rotated them, two per night. Um, I figured that would get different audience for them and then our little piece, but mm-hmm. that was how I ended up doing it. Yeah, you basically just produced yourself. I produced myself, and I had been doing it by working mm-hmm. under because I'd also um, I directed with Afro Solo, mm-hmm. um, which is very weird because it's it's usually a writer performer. It usually isn't somebody performing in an existing piece. They mm-hmm. usually created their own piece. So you're taking somebody's. It's like taking somebody's shadow 
and talking to them about their shadow and making a better shadow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of stuck mm. with what you can do, but yeah. um, most, most of the people I feel lucky because that got me involved with that for so long. So for years, um, maybe even before Oakland Public Theater, for years I was um, – working with Thomas Simpson, mm -hmm. um, doing that, and he would recommend me to somebody. So-and-so, I think they need a director. I've got a little bit of money mm -hmm. <laughs> if you'll direct this piece. Mm -hmm. And so I got to work with all these different people, and it's very individual. Like I said, it really is like a shadow. It's very unique to the person and then their level, their skill level. Yeah. If, obviously, if they were very skilled, they probably wouldn't need much in the way of direction. Mm -hmm. But I dealt with a bunch of people who really didn't have much skill or experience. Yeah. Um, like one guy was a, a, a poet, a spoken word poet. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of figure out how to make his work, his piece work. That was a young guy, more of a poet. Yeah. I did somebody else who was part of the whole spoken word movement going back to... Um, oh, wow. The, what's the group? Um, the, I remember the last poets in the 70s. That era. Yeah, He yeah, was yeah. part of the group from that era. Yeah. And now he was doing a solo piece. Yeah. As part of Afro Solo. And those were amazing rehearsals. Wow. Because I'm dealing with somebody who's older than me, mm -hmm. um, who's had decades of experience doing something like this, but this isn't going to be, there's not going to be any music. Yeah. There's not other people. It's just going to be him mm -hmm. and helping him to define what the stage was and how to, how he used the stage. Wow. It was huge. Yeah. yeah. Here's a question, Stephen. So when you, I take it that was your first time directing. Working with the kids? Outside of college, yeah. Outside, yeah. Outside of college. How was it working with the kids? Because, you know, giving direction, sometimes it's hit and miss. I mean. Oh, okay. actually, it wasn't, it wasn't child. Um, the children, uh, the kids weren't at, it involved. Oh, um, no, he said they hired actors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's even better. Yeah, what, it was what? the playwrights who were the kids from high school. Yeah. I understand. Okay, so yeah. the kids wrote it, and then actual folks, I mean, uh, right. um, professionals, semi-professionals. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. We've been talking, I've been asking all sorts of directors, how do you deal with difficult actors or actors who are mm. not on the same page? Have you had to deal with that at all? Like, you give a direction and you're not getting what you want. Um, I was very blessed with having, I mean, one of my best friends I cast in, in the show that mm -hmm. we did. It was, mm. um, it was a, a short uh, play called Float by uh, uh, Kanaya Rogers. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a really, really good play um, about... Um, you know, a daughter wanting to go to a perform, you know, a performing art school, mm -hmm. um, and her father, you know, disagreeing with her, mm -hmm. and de her dealing with her family issues yeah. regarding that and stuff. And I luckily had um, actually um, Pam was in it, um, and um, it was it was I was really lucky to have uh, the mm -hmm. three the three actors who yeah were real. I'm trying to remember age. Pam. Pam, one Pam. What's her last name? Um. It's okay because I know a couple of Pams, but that's okay. Um, but you, you're working with people who you knew, and you can talk to, and you can communicate with. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's fantastic yeah. because that's one thing. I mean, uh, I've never directed before, and I think I would hire people who I know. But even just spacing and just blocking, I mean, that's a whole art in itself because yeah. I would totally cover up one person and not think about something else and not think about transitions mm -hmm. or whatever. Or think about using your space because, like, if we look at your room and you've got these two couches and sort of an L pattern, mm -hmm. it would be easy to put something there. Um, but if you've got the whole space and you don't take advantage of any of the other areas, right. you're kind of missing out on something. Why do you have it? And so as playwright and as, as director, you start having to say, well, wait a minute. 
is there some way to use the window? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got this gorgeous window. Is there some way to use that? How does that fit in the story? Or, you know, even if it's just to free up the other space, mm -hmm. I can put that other character over by the window in that moment when character A has their big monologue. Mm -hmm. and yep. yep. You know, but you have to start doing that. Otherwise, you have two people sitting on a couch. Yeah. And it gets real boring. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. Knowing what the space is. I think Gary Graves talked about that with Central Works. Oh, they, are, they, they are masters of it. <laughs> yeah. Have you worked at Central Works or been to their space? No, I haven't. Yeah, they're in Berkeley, and really every single performance, I mean, it's – Really, the, the space, space is, is, a, so is, is as big room. as right here. It's an enclosed oh. room. Yeah. And there are only like two exit areas, and you can't build any sets because you'll block the audience. The audience right. The audience is a, it's like a U-shape. Yeah, yeah, it's a U-shape. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they have to very they have to choose very carefully how they want to uh, Right, stay right, right. Exactly. Very so, minimalistic. Yeah. yeah. So I think as far as directors, I mean, and, and that will be one question for you. Do you have any mentors or people who you look up to? Like, I want to direct like that, or that person is someone who I aspire to be. Um, a director who I'm very ins um, inspired by was, um, uh, I don't know if you know him, but John Mayo. Uh, he's a Bay Area Never director. Mm -hmm. um, he's actually, um, he's worked at, uh, he's directing, um, oh my gosh, what is it called? Uh, Black Comedy at Douglas Morrison Theater. Oh! Yes. Oh, which, um, um, mm. why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> our, our favorite actor on this show. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> oh, a calendar? Peter Calendar? No, no, no. Dean. Uh, Dean's a... Uh, Adrian D. Coin, Coin, Alan, Alan Coin. Coin. Yes, yeah, Alan I know. Coin is it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. It makes me want to see it. That play is so amazing. I want to see it. Yeah, I want to I, see it stage. The concept. Yeah. Is yeah, it seems really cool. Um, yeah. But um, that guy's directing it. Yeah. He John's. John he's Mayer, a great. Yeah. yeah. He's a great director. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did um, a show at um, Altarina Playhouse. Okay. With him uh, a few many years ago called Sideshow. It was a musical. Okay. And it was, a, and I don't know, I really like his style of directing. He's very, he knows, um, first day of rehearsal, we all get our scripts and he, he's got all his blocking laid out kind of for us. Yeah. But like, um, it's not, you know, he's open to, you know, changing things. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, micromanage or anything. He was very like, like, this is like the plan, but we'll, you know, work it and see if you know what doesn't work what works and mm -hmm. whatnot mm -hmm. yeah very very nice and yeah i um you know we had talked about um susan evans who is now running uh, town hall theater when she directed uh, me and a couple of pieces as a matter of fact we were former members of eastenders she would have the blocking all laid out and of course we as actors can you know if we felt strong to deviate from it, it only if uh, we had a real strong mm -hmm. um um reason to to do it then we would do it but she had it all laid out but there are other directors who are like hey listen i'm just going to keep my mind free do whatever you want to do and we'll block it as we go along yeah so it sounds like he's one of the former he um is that so is that how you work as a director i kind of want to do a little bit of both because i mean i definitely want to allow my actors that um you know freedom to like if they find something um interesting that mm -hmm. they want to do like go like i'm all for it go sure for it. sure <laughs> Very, very nice. Do you lean towards, uh, are you, you know, there are, uh, do you like comedy better or do you like drama or do you like both? Does it matter to you? Um, I, I like performing comedy, mm -hmm. but um, I, I prefer, I think I would want to prefer directing drama. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a part of you that I, I hadn't seen. Okay. Mm. Are there any uh, particular plays or, or uh, I don't know, genres or, or styles that you like? Um, 
uh, one of my favorite plays is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Oh, oh yes. That, that is a play that I, yeah. I want to direct. I want to be in it. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's incredibly yeah. powerful. Yeah. And uh, I think that was one of my inspirations when I wrote For Men in Paris. There's one scene, very Virginia Woolf-like, where mm-hmm. you know, a husband and wife are just going at it, you know, keeping it real. Yeah. Um, as far as my, uh, we should, uh, we had Sylvia Cratton's on. I should read the, uh, so we were talking off mic oh, about yes. AB5. Yes. And I wanted to sort of address that before we, in, in, you know, before we forget it. Mm-hmm. So we talked when we had Sylvia Cratton's on AB5 and the threat that it has towards small theater. Right. Uh, I, w- I don't want to say community theater, but, you know. No, like small theater, I think small, it's Small theater, yeah. yeah. Because AB5, they want to make sure that uh, employees are unionized or, right. or, or are paid appropriately right. to have a minimum wage. Right. And they're basically saying if any company employs someone, if you don't pay them the minimum wage, you can be sued. Right. Um, that threatens local theater, which usually pays, I don't know, maybe a stipend or 600 bucks at most, or something like that. Yeah, they try to stay under six, actually, because yeah. it keeps them in a tax. So, um, this is a letter that Sylvia Cretton's wrote to an assembly woman. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll just uh, just gloss over a little bit. Mm. Um, Our tiny theater arts organization served to teach amateurs and budding professional stagecraft with bringing the art itself to those who might not otherwise be able to experience live theater. Small, non-for-profit theater is a humanitarian effort and as such should not fall under the rules that would apply to a pro for-profit business model right. or even larger non-profit art institutions. And she goes on, AB5 is written to address the large exploitive for-profit app-based delivery and ride-sharing services, like we talked about right. with yep. the Uber. Yep. And as such, I strongly support it. No one is driving for Uber because it's their calling. Sadly, right. the way the law is written, it loops artists and tiny arts organizations Within that set, uh, it has set a ripple of dread throughout my community. At least, and it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask you this, Stephen. I mean, do you do you have a day job? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay, I work full time. Yeah. Okay, great. So when you go, when you up, when you are an actor, or let's say a director, are you looking? Are you worried about money? I mean, are you um, are you? We've had like we had Kari Moy on. And he talked about not wanting to take a job unless it pays appropriately. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about these things when you do a theater job? Um, it kind of depends on the project, mm-hmm. but um, I, I mean, I try to, you know, do shows that at least offer a stipend <laughs> or yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Um, because usually, for even with the stipend, for the most part, I'm usually paying more, you know, while in a show that, right. I, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, have you? Do you feel exploited as an actor? I mean, do you feel there are some companies that are like, wow. How can you pay me this and I'm doing all this work? Um, I don't know. I, I don't do it for the money okay. r- anyway. But um, I, So I never feel like exploited. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, paying, you know, paying actors, paying sure. artists, you sure. know, for their work. You know, yeah. I, I definitely believe that. Um, but um, I know it's, you know, very hard for, like, you know, some of our local community theaters, yeah. you know, small as that can't, you know, that might not be able to afford that. Right. Yeah, yeah, very true. So I think I think Sylvia did an excellent job, and who knows? I mean, this is just one letter. Who knows what impact that will well, have? I mean, hopefully she's sharing it in a way that people can go ahead and use that and get that message out. Because I would say even more than that, um, I, I think this – this legislation um, pushes us towards a corporatization of mm-hmm. the arts. Yeah. And 
the arts are not corporate. There are corporate arts that does oh, exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but industrials. Yeah. By defining it as a money-making thing, as an employment opportunity, you're missing out on actually people do it because they want to do it. It's mm-hmm. an art. Right. And I th- I have li- I'm I'm a union actor, so I definitely like being paid. I like I like um, all the regulations, you know, mm-hmm. that keep me safe and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and respect my time, sure. all, all of that. Sure. I think you can have those things without – this in no way addresses that. This just forces um, – because my wife, Mara, is going through it too. Um, if she – if a guy wants to hire her to do a parade or funeral, she does maybe a handful of funerals a year. That's a gig that comes out of nowhere. Are you available Sunday morning? Can you do this? We're going to meet. We're going to play for, you know, usually not even an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes – it's kind of cool to see. Sometimes they'll like – do it at the house or at the yeah. funeral place. My dad does it all the time. And then go to the cemetery, yeah. maybe, and yeah. maybe they do a little bit of a parade, a little march mm-hmm. with it. But all of that is sort of subject to their availability and their willingness to do it. To make that guy make them all employees is ridiculous. Yeah. You're going to maybe work with him sometimes once or twice a year. Right. And you're going to become – you're forcing like, him to be an employee. That's, that is clearly an independent contractor. Yeah. So I think those are two separate things. One mm-hmm. is the arts and respecting that the arts does what it does. Mm-hmm. I want to hold theater companies and organizations accountable. If you spend, like, musicals, because I didn't really answer your question before about the musicals thing, um, there are places that specialize in musicals and audiences who love those. Yep. It's its own little category, just mm-hmm. like there are people who do, you know, slapstick comedy, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You better not go there looking for Chekhov. <laughs> you know, right. Not, right. Um, so I think that's one issue, and I hate that AB5 has umbrellaed in such a way that it covers that. Yeah. But on the other side of it, I want those organizations held accountable that are going to spend the amount of money that somebody spends on a musical with costumes and musicians mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, and then they're not going to pay the actors or barely pay the actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, go after that model is a little funky. Mm-hmm. But this isn't the answer. This so yeah. isn't the answer. I mean, there are there are theater companies that will exploit the actor. They will go after young actors coming out of school or whatever. They know they have the money, mm-hmm. and they know they're not going to spend it on, on the actors. They'll do the other things or whatever. But then there are theater companies that really want to, I think, of plethos. Right. They're trying to move up. If they had the money, that they would you know, give it to the actors or whatever. And also, a creative like me... I could never have my stuff on, let's say, the Strand or well, ACT or whatever. I would say a better example than Plethos is mm-hmm. uh, the Phoenix. Sure. Linda, Linda is not Frederick, trying yeah. to make a living off of that. Mm-hmm. She And even if she were making a living off of it, she's doing so much work mm-hmm. to keep that space going and make that available and bring in all kinds of – so that's exactly what Sylvia is describing in her letter. Mm-hmm. This is a place where people can go. They get the opportunity to do shows that they've always wanted to do that yeah. that ACT isn't going to call them in for. Yeah. But maybe you do get to do Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Right. And Linda owns and you the get space. To see it there. So she can bring in theater yeah. companies, like low-level theater companies, right. and say, hey, listen, I usually charge this, but I see what you're trying to do. I'll right. lower it. Right. Or even Fallon Blazer and yeah. the Brooklyn Preserve. And the Brooklyn Preserve. Yeah. yeah. So I think there are those places, and there, you know, it would be nice to deal with those things, but they're all separate issues mm-hmm. to put them in this one lump category yeah. is is not going to work. Yeah. And everybody is already pushing back on it. So I'm glad we have a letter, an actual letter that we can exactly. share. And I'll bring it back to Stephen. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about going to like New York or L.A.? New, not L.A. Um, okay. I know L.A. is kind of more for film and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I 
tried getting into. I can see you in film. <laughs> I tried getting into film work. It's uh, it was uh, not my thing. Yeah, you know, okay. necessarily. But um, I definitely want to eventually move to New York. Yeah. Okay. And then try that out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are a lot of millennials who are um, they're either with their iPhones or whatever. They have like their YouTube channels or whatever. There's so many auditions. As a matter of fact, so we we talked off mic. Uh, Tiny beautiful things. Uh, that's right. a plethos is doing that and. I'm uh, doing tech for that, and the auditions. Okay, so it was a little interesting. I won't get into the details, ah, but okay. that we got, we did have some folks who submitted video auditions, oh, nice. saying I can't come in, but right. here's my little thing. Right? Do you do that, Stephen? I've done that for yeah for some uh, yeah. theater companies where yeah. you know if I'm not available and I really want to audition, mm -hmm. I will always like reach out and say, hey. Can't make it, but can I please like submit a mm -hmm. video audition? Yeah, I've done that a few times. Do you prefer that? I, honestly, I prefer being there. You know, I, physically. Uh, right. I prefer <laughs> being there because I I feel like I never quite get it right when I send in a video. Vi oh, video is that right? Yeah, <laughs> somebody takes or whatever. Yeah, there is interesting a difference between film acting and stage acting. Um, so you said that you tried doing film and it didn't quite work. What, what was your experience? Well, I would just do some uh, background work, and it was just mostly just kind of. Um, like the time commitment, like I, right. I, I, I got an agent. Mm -hmm. I, I was mm -hmm. with Marla Dell Talent Agency in San Francisco for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I was also working. I, had, you know, graduated and I, you know, was working full time. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I would get a call like, hey, you have an audition tomorrow. And, you know, I can't. Right. I can't get off work. Right. And then, you know, not getting, you know, mm. not being able to right. audition. You can only so say no was, so many times. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Was, it, was, it was stressful. So I, you know, decided to kind of move away from that. And mm -hmm. at least with theater, you know, I can, I can like move around my schedule or, yeah. you know, it's in the evening. So I don't have to worry about like taking time off work and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. So um, what do you see? Here's a question for you. How is how is Bay Area Theater treating you? Are you getting the most out of it? Are you frustrated? Or are you happy, satisfied? I think um, one thing about the Bay Area Theater community um, is that a lot of Bay Area Theater doesn't – they don't take risks. Um, mm, uh -huh. Right. Um, w something that I think is really cool that Plathos is doing is, like, they – you know, taking new work or, you know, right. willing to take on that risk sure. to, like, mm -hmm. produce yeah, yeah. new work yeah. mm -hmm. or, you know, do shows that, you know, haven't heard of. You know, I mm -hmm. can't tell you how many productions of Mamma Me I've seen this, like, <laughs> right. yes. this, I've heard yeah. of this past yeah. year. But, um, yeah, and that's something that I've – that's why I want to get into directing because yeah. eventually I want to, like – I've always dreamed of like starting my own theater company. Hey, hey. Uh, that, that would be nice. Yeah, but um, doing something, uh, making something in the Tri Valley area where I live. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Is there a lot of theater there? There's a there's a lot of theater. There's you know um, Tri Valley Rev, Shakespeare's Associates. You know they mm -hmm. do shows, but um, uh, it's you know it's a lot of the same things that are going around mm -hmm. kind of everywhere. You know, right. doing Mamma Mia or in that. You know, yeah, the safe bets so that they yeah. know they'll get an audience in. Yeah, yeah. you're so right. There's not a lot of uh, risk takers out there, but um, yeah, that is interesting. I forgot to do one thing, ah. and I will. Um, I, th I think you were off two years ago. So one year ago, this person came on. Oh, we don't have. Uh, oh, I know why. Take two. Here we go. The Bay Area Theater. How did you come into theater? Period. Oh my God. Okay. So my parents, uh, my mom mainly is from the circuits. Okay. Wow. So background, you know, artists um, in the family. My grandmother used to be a singer. My my grandfather's still a mm -hmm. singer. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I was born with the bug. <laughs> nice. Okay, so there was um, rich clay. <laughs> well, that person, <laughs> yes. But this woman was born in um, Argentina. Oh. I give you an, I give you a hint. Uh oh. Um, Generation Theater. How's that for a hint? Is that a uh, Deborah? Bingo! Oh, okay. Deborah Cortez. Deborah Cortez. <laughs> so that no, was so funny because she's yeah. so she has almost no accent. Yeah. So when I talk to her, the idea that she's from someplace else just <laughs> doesn't register. Subtle. She has a very very subtle accent. Yeah, she does. And um, matter of fact, I saw her recently, and she's uh, doing well. She's doing a lot, it seems. Yeah. 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 She's uh, work. She's working. Mm-hmm. Let's see. It's 51 minutes, so uh, we're almost close to the to the hour mark. Oh, that's the only one you had. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because two years ago, I, I think you, for whatever reason, we don't have one. Um, and I think probably you I was getting ready for, uh, oh, two years ago, yeah. Uh. 2017. Mm. I, I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But in any case... Um, I'm trying to think of any last words or whatever. So you'd, um, so you know, you think New York may be a future for you? I I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I <laughs> definitely want to. I definitely want to like go out and yeah. try. You know, experience but yeah, directing. I mean, uh, we had um, we had Don Monique Williams on. She talked about the struggles of getting work as a director. I right. think once you get your feet in and once you've produced some good things mm-hmm. and you got some good feedback, now she's working with Aurora Theater, which yeah. is a big big step. Right. But it took her going to the town hall theater and right. even doing work at the Douglas Morrison to build up her resume mm-hmm. and getting Well, in. that was just local because she was coming from Ashland, so. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, getting known locally is, yep. a, is a challenge. Yeah, that's kind of my goal is, you know, at least, you know, putting it out there that, you know, offering to assistant direct, you know, try to get more experience and stuff. Yeah. And I can see town hall taking a chance on you because, you know, you've done, you've worked as an actor. People know who you are. Hmm. And, um, you know, as an actor, I'll be like, hey, directed by Stephen McLeod. I'm an actor. I, I know <laughs> Stephen. I want to work with him. So that helps out. And I honestly, honestly think that directing from an actor's perspective, because I've had directors who are not actors. Yeah. And I've had some really bad experiences with them because it's like, right. well, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Lord the knows. There's a range it? of directors. And <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that as I, was, as I was on my way here today. There's a certain amount of you deciding for yourself you're going to do this. You know, nobody is – there are very few people out there going, hmm, where are we going to find the next director? It's because a whole bunch of people have got their hand up or trying to knock on that door that we see the new people, mm-hmm. you know, which is – a shame, but that's the nature of the business. That's mm-hmm. that's how it works. <laughs> yep, yep. Shout outs, birthdays, birthdays. Uh, Tessa Connie Martinez, who it's I don't know if I mentioned it. She uh, so Tessa I've known for a long time. In fact, Tessa and Richard are the reasons that I got into Bay Area theater. Mm-hmm. I moved to the Bay Area, and I was like, I'm not saying I'll never do it again, but for now, I need to focus on like real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like eight months later, I I met Tessa through a friend. Her friend, a playwright, was looking for a black actor, mm-hmm. got my number, gave it to him, and bam, that Richard Talavera, and I was back in. So Tessa's that person I blame for that, and her birthday is today. And Stephanie Taylor is an amazing um, comedic. You meet these comedic actresses, and you're like, why doesn't the world know about you? Because you're, you're, your mind is brilliant. Your timing is amazing. And your sensitivity, because, you know, mm-hmm. those are the things that you need if you're going to be a good comic actor. Argo Thompson runs, I believe it's called Left Edge Theater. It's up in, I'm 
not sure if they're claiming Santa Rosa. It's really closer to Petaluma, but mm-hmm. up in that area. And he had been with, oh, uh, God, I don't even remember. Was it called Dark Room, maybe? There was another theater company up there, and they partnered with a musical theater company and created Sixth Street. So ah, in Santa Rosa. Oh, okay. Um, and he was the first artistic director for there before he stepped down. He, uh, Left Edge focuses more on what he wanted in the first place, newer work. Mm. Finding that work from, I think they try to aim for the last five years, mm-hmm. and they've been around for I don't know how long, but long enough that they were celebrating, and this is their anniversary season. Mm-hmm. So they were doing works either connected to works that they've done before yeah. or anniversaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this became their anniversary season, and that's mm-hmm. what it was about. Nice. Anyway, they they do some wonderful work. Uh, Deirdre Renee, Deirdre Renee uh, Dragunov is how I met her, but now mm-hmm. she's married. I think she kept her name. Um, and she uh, is an actress, singer, and a costumer. Mm. Her birthday's coming up this week. Tim Nithin, and I'm never sure if I'm supposed to pronounce the K in the beginning or not, but Tim um, is a local Bay Area actor. I honestly don't know how I met him, but I was so pleased to see him on stage a couple of years ago with Elizabeth at the Aurora. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic, wonderful guy. Ian Walker. Ian. We've had Ian on, yes. We've had Ian yes. on. Ian uh, Walker, wonderful playwright. No, we haven't had him on. Oh, we tried and we couldn't tried, get him. We couldn't get him, yeah. Okay, well, I'll try again because yeah. he's been bugging me lately trying to find um, somebody for Linda at the Phoenix. Oh, okay. He's working sound, I think, on a show, and they needed an actress, so I gave them Diana Lauren Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, but Ian is wonderful. Yeah, Ian, he, um, he he participated in the readings for Foreman and Pass, oh, but, okay. but I've also worked with him. He's worked with uh, Off-Broadway West. But uh, we've, t- we've touched bases. He's a fantastic guy. Well, and he took a little bit of a hiatus a year or so ago Family. because they were having a baby. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So, um, Baruch, and I should have looked up his full name, Baruch uh, Porras, and I want to say Hernandez, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, I met him through um, the Bay Area Playwrights Festival and the foundation. Uh, we were on selection committee together, and he's a writer, and it turns out that he, I didn't know it, but he's actually a poet and a... A spoken word performer mm-hmm. um, and very big on um, LGBTQ, however many letters you want to add on that, um, but very much um, pushing, advocating for that community and writing about that experience. Uh, his birthday's this week. I'm going to skip one because I bet you have it. And <laughs> uh, Luis Valls, uh, somebody I went to San Francisco State with, and he, I'm not sure if he still is, but he was the artistic director at the, um, the No Space, the Theater of Ugin. Ah, yes, Theater yeah, I've heard, yeah. some, I've heard yeah, about Theater Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. We were lucky. Uh, while we were training, they brought in a Japanese to do um, a Suzuki method at mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco State, Yukigoto. And so we were the first class of people that got to work with him. I trained a little more with him. Uh, Louise really got into it and ended up getting involved with Theater Yugen and then eventually rising to the level of artistic director. So. His Those birthday this week. That's what I've got. That's what you got? All right. So my uh, list, I have Raymond Ray. Uh, he oh, and I, wow. uh, we, we were in, worked on Water Buffalo. That was one of the first shows that I ever done uh, back in 2000. And he was the director for um, The Marriage of Bet and Boo. Mm. Uh, and I told the story that the first rehearsal date <laughs> was September the 11th, 2001. Oh, right. Which <coughs> was obviously we canceled that uh, rehearsal date. But people needed to the comedy, you know, in the midst of a tragedy. So I remember that, and I remember him. He's actually teaching 
film uh, in um, Minnesota. So oh. his, her, his birthday's today. Mm-hmm. Um, on Sunday, tomorrow, Dove Hassan, the husband of Linda Amayo Hassan, oh, okay. who wrote Sheer Story of a Dreamer. They're right. sort of a husband wife. It's always wonderful to hear about husband and wives mm-hmm. who are who are or I should say partners who are who are also involved in the arts in theater. So Right. Do we right. have now since we did you mention it, are we do we have a part do we have a couple coming on for uh, Valentine's Day now? Uh I don't think well I don't think Valentine's Day falls on a Saturday. But next week. Well next next week. We don't have a couple. Uh, I okay. tried. <laughs> Wait a minute, that shy. is Valentine's Day. What are you talking huh? about? That is Valentine's Day. Oh, it's it Saturday, yeah. Today's the seventh, right? Today's the eighth. Today's the eighth? Yeah. So okay. Friday is Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and not a couple. Right, okay. exactly. So, uh, no, unfortunately. Uh, but we do have, uh, as a matter of fact, Maya Herbsman will be on next week. Okay, great. Who is the um, intimacy coach. Oh, wonderful. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be great to have That'll her. Be so, well I've been working about. pretty hard, so I'm glad that she mm-hmm. made herself available. So uh, Monday, Helena Alvarez. Oh, our Helena. Our Helena. <coughs> who was our uh, Fatima and also our Julia Wright right. in Four Men. I believe she's expecting a baby. Um, wow, another one? Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, <laughs> okay. So she, you know, she's been posting it o- online, okay. and so and yeah. she's very happy, and I'm, glad, I'm happy for her and her family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her birthday is on uh, Monday, and also on Monday, Christine McComer, who is a fantastic veteran actress, fantastic singer. I worked with her on Grey Gardens. Uh-huh. Uh, she played the elder um, Bouvier. Do you know the musical Grey Gardens? I've never seen it, but I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, now. yeah. No, it was fantastic. It was great. And that was my first experience at the Douglas Morrison Theater. Mm-hmm. So Christine McComer, uh, her birthday is, will be Monday. Uh, on Thursday, Gary Graves, mm, who right. runs, excuse me, who runs uh, uh, Simple Works. Works. Yeah, co artistic director. Yep. And is also a professor. He teaches um, um, playwriting. Right for uh, the Berkeley Rep. Yep, I, I think I was I, one of his students. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, that was one I skipped. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Friday, because I knew you would have it. Mm-hmm. Joanna Lorenzano Blower. I've had her on. She's a singer, and she is the wife of Brent Blower, who is a good friend of mine. We've acted. We were involved in um, the Marriage of Benton Boo. A Philippine actress, mm. Philippine singer. Yay. Uh, her birthday will be Friday, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Also on Valentine's Day. Danny Martin. Nah, I, was, I was waiting. I was like, wait a minute. You're not skipping Danny. Yeah, Danny Martin. He's a veteran actor. We've had him I on the I wonder what he's up to right now. I don't know. Because uh, he was having a nice run of things when we interviewed yeah, him. Yeah, he was in Dracula. He was doing all right. sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's busy. Um, also on uh, Valentine's Day, Rachel Deathridge. And she is a fantastic singer-actress. Mm. I worked with her in Candide. And mm-hmm. uh, she... She got married, and I think she moved to the Midwest, but I'm hoping that she's mm-hmm. uh, she's an incre- incredible actress. And that's it. That's my list. Yeah. Shows. Uh, Macbeth. We're not in the theater. I can say that. Uh, yes. uh, the Scottish play um, is being done by Ubuntu, with, uh, February 7th through March 8th, Ubuntu. And uh, uh, Lauren Spencer is one of the witches, which I think is going to be... Pretty fascinating. Nice. Um, yeah, they uh, they're really uh, on their poster. They are emphasizing the witches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I think will yeah. be interesting. Um, and that's the only. I was going to say Anton's well, but it turns <laughs> out the show doesn't actually start for another month, so I'm oh, going to okay. hold off on that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I I have got a couple of shows that are. There's. Uh, I thought events. we had some that were running already. Yeah? We um, 
Steel Magnolias. Yes, oh. Steel Magnolias is running uh-huh. uh, Chanticleer's Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it opened yesterday. It closes March the 1st. Cynthia Logodzinski is Yay. in that show. Um, but uh, there's Violet the Musical. Of course, we're going to pump that. Uh-huh. Which Stephen McCloud will be in. <coughs> that doesn't happen until May. So we uh, will be pumping that you know, as throughout. As we get closer. As we yeah. get closer. Also, uh, Kim Donovan, she'll be in The Quality of Life. That won't happen for another month. That's March the 20th through April the 19th mm. at the Altarina Playhouse. But she's so good. Yes. White Guy on the Bus. That opens mm. next week. And that's the B8. B8 that's Jones. right. Nine Lauren Jones will be in mm-hmm. that. That's the B8 Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is it. I'm kind of curious about that theater, too. I They moved, apparently. They were right near BART. They mm-hmm. were... It's funny, straight line, it was about a block from BART, but there was no straight line to get there. You had to, this very convoluted crossing of streets, because it was all the major thoroughfares. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know where they moved. I'm curious. They're a very fascinating theater. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be promoting Tiny Beautiful Things. That'll be the next thing that Plethos will be doing, but that mm-hmm. won't happen until, I believe, April. So I'll be uh, pushing that. Stephen, did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for <laughs> anything you want to promote. Anything you want to get a shout out for? Anything coming up that you know about? Um, shout out to uh, my my boyfriend Justin Sabino. He's performing um, in his last weekend at uh, Pacific Coast Repertory's West Side Story. Wow! Oh. So, um, shame on nice. me. I had no idea that you um, that you had. Usually, we have partners like we had um, <laughs> Melvin and um, Jed. Jed. Yeah. And uh, so that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah. Did so you guys meet during theater? I yeah, mean, we actually met. Uh, well, I met him in a production of. He was in Alter Boys at Center Rep in Walnut Creek. Uh, okay. Um, and then we did uh, West Side Story at um, Contra Cross Musical Theater. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then, like a year after that, we uh, we got together. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love hearing. I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, here's my little spiel. Oh, I should say. We had talked about me being us being on another uh, podcast um, platform. Platform. I, I tried it, and I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But the sound quality was really bad, so I'm going to we're going to stick with SoundCloud. Yep. But in any case, it doesn't matter. Whatever app that you listen to, the Yay, you can find us on any any uh, app that you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can also listen to us on um, iTunes. Just click on the store, use the search engine up on the upper right hand side. You can find us. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, and we'll be on SoundCloud. So if you have your SoundCloud app, or just go on SoundCloud.com, you can find us. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Stephen, do you have a uh, social platforming Thing that you Website, yeah. Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, I just have actor <laughs> Stephen McLeod. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so any uh, d- budding directors or producers, you need a, uh, a director or an actor, fantastic singer, mm. Stephen McLeod. You guys, nice. you got to hit him up. Hit me up. <laughs> Yay. Yay, and we, we got to find a better sign-off, and we... <laughs>